Happy New Year, PhDivas. This is Dr. Wayne. And this is Dr. Yao. And we're a podcast about academia, culture, and social justice across the STEM humanities divide. That's right. We're taking over academia one step at a time, one person at a time, and one, one episode at a time. At a time. <laughs> what did you say? One listener at a time. One listener at a time. I like that. I like that. We should add that forever now. No? Okay. I'm sorry. I, I, um, yeah. So anyway, 27 happened. 2017 is here. We can finally stick those pages in history together so we can just skip over 2016. Mm-hmm. Have a fresh start in 2017. A very fresh start. And yet, and according to the academic calendar, we're only halfway through, which is always like a bit dissonant. Yeah, it is. It is. Usually, though, I feel all refreshed and optimistic from um, what was depressing about last year. And I'm like, I'm going to be so much better. I'm going to study. I'm going to read. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to eat healthy. This is great. I can do this again. And then like three weeks in, that's not how it works anymore. (laughs) I guess that's very optimistic. I guess one thing I, I definitely feel like I see with every break is academics panicking about well at the beginning of the break academics being like I'm gonna get I got my grades in I'm gonna get this stuff oh, done yeah. and then as the, the vacation comes to the end people are like panicking about how much work they wanted to get done and then like the start of other work coming mm. yeah so, sorry to be the the Debbie Downer to your New Year's optimism no no but this that's episode real. is about resolutions and it's about both they go hand mm-hmm. in hand I think Mm-hmm. Yin and yang. Yeah, I mean, I should probably be honest. I'm playing hooky today. <laughs> I should have been in lab today, but I could not make myself go to lab. I'll oh, go in I, later. I don't even have a lab, so. You don't have a lab. Did you do Direct. any work? Today? Yes, mm-hmm. I'm prepping for um, the upcoming MLA conference. Then you went to lab. You actually did some work. <laughs> And also, like, you stayed um, working in your lab through a lot of the Christmas break. I did work through Christmas. I did work through Christmas. And I I sent a few emails today, and I will go in later today. I kind of have to because I have a time point. But I really thought, okay, I don't hate me, Zion, but I got up at 6, and I'm like, this is great. It's 6.15, and I'm reading a book. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah I'm like oh I guess I'll go and like I made food mm-hmm. and then I made my lunch like I made these turkey That's meatballs good. and I eat them now like throughout mm, the week good, good. yeah I'm tr- yeah trying to pre-plan meals but anyway nine o'clock rolled by I did not go to lab and I thought okay I'll go at noon and then that happened and then I didn't I'm like you know what maybe I'm sleepy and I'm not sleepy at all because I'm drinking tea. So so now I'm going to go in later today. And now I got to say, oh, I'm recording with Zion. This is this got to do this right now. So I guess I can't go to lab. <laughs> so I'm your excuse? Why would I be mad at you for that? Like, I think that it does sound like you had generally had a healthy day. <laughs> yeah. It's just that I meant to go to lab earlier and I kept mm. pushing it back and pushing it back. I think this is also a great example for our listeners, the way that in academia so easily to to self-flagellate like we always I feel like there's such a standard for 
how we're supposed to be busy and also maybe how we're mm. supposed to perform busyness that I remember one time I was talking to one of our previous interviewees, um, Michelle Tong, who's now a professor at Earl Helm College in, in psychology. And I was telling her that I felt so tired and I had all these things, but at the moment I was just like not doing anything. And she's like, you know, Zine, I think that what most people would call that is like taking a break or resting, which you need to do. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, like somehow from in my head, like anytime at downtime automatically became useless and somehow like morally bad. Mm. Yeah, I think I, I put in my mind that I was going to go to lab today because Sunday and Monday I was in ba- Baltimore, mm-hmm. actually. And so I got back last night around 10 and then I thought, okay, I'll, I'll go to lab because there's this thing I set up that I want to check on and I just didn't feel like it. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, I'll go were you doing, later. What were you in Baltimore for? Yeah, so Nizette is in Baltimore. Oh, nice. Yeah, Nizette is um, someone I did my PhD with. She's um, a grad student in a neighboring lab. And um, I wait, I mean, it's twice is probably a tradition. We'll see. But she was visiting her family in Baltimore. And I always love going to see her and then seeing her mom, who doesn't really speak English very well. So I. But you can feel the love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can, like, whatever she's saying, it's always nice. And then she has two, um, she has a niece and a nephew, and they're all sweet and adorable. So it's like family time. And, you know, like, when you get to be with your with some friends, and then now that you're both together, you can FaceTime other people. <laughs> so you're together so you can be with other people digitally. Easier, yeah. Well, not that's, that's not the only reason, but we have we catch up on life. It's like a a yearly update of sorts. So, how's it going? Did you go on any dates? What? No, I was going to say that I think that this again to to go meta because I feel like this has Ooh. been the dynamic so far. Like you'll say something and I'll be like, and there here's this point. But anyway, <laughs> I think that reads another resolution for the year: keeping in touch with friends. Keep in touch. It is so important. Because then you get to see how far you've come. Because we're, so Zai and I are both recent PhD graduates. And I don't know about you, Zai, but I found myself having conversations with people like, so how's it been? How's your first year out? How, what has that been like? Do you feel like you've changed at all? Mm-hmm. And now I feel way more calm about it. But it's really cool to see how my friends have changed. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that we always talk about how academia requires so much like dislocation and relocation. Mm-hmm. And it's really important to keep those connections, not just for professional networking purposes and like other things like that, but in terms of, like trying to build a type of community mm-hmm. and like for your own emo- emotional well-being. because yeah. I think some t- something that has to be downplayed a lot when people are going through postdoc and job applications is that you're likely going to end up someplace where you don't know anyone. And yeah. you need friends. Absolutely. You need friends as a human being. Absolutely. And then thinking about, I don't know, it makes you feel less lonely because someone's also going through the job hunt with you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with some of my friends, they're thinking, not all of them want to do postdocs, but they're doing it because the job market kind of dictates that. And, or they're still they're still playing around with their love of science, trying to figure out how much they actually love science. Mm -hmm. 
And that's something that you kind of have to, at least for the STEM side, you you don't you have to do a postdoc to kind of experience that to see like, okay, maybe you either you really liked your grad experience, but you need to find out more, or you didn't like your grad school experience and you need another experience to really figure out if it was the environment you didn't like or was it actually the science. Mm. And so just hearing my friends go through that and trying to figure out what their next step is going to be is really interesting and terrifying because <laughs> it's new. It's probably something you never thought you were going to do. Um, or you could start thinking about things that you never thought about before. Like not only what job are you going to have, but where's it going to be? Um, if you have a relationship, how does that factor into where you're going to be? If you don't have a relationship, how do you try to get into one? Or like, mm-hmm. how do you navigate like the dating place? So it's um, it's a lot, <laughs> definitely. I was gonna say that um, for me, this comes into another resolution that I think became very clear to me. That's not just for 2017, and this is a, a resolution having to do with how do we help to lift other people as we climb? Mm. Um, Which is a line that I've been using a lot on our social media lately, Mm. because um, as people may have started to notice, we are trying to use our Facebook page to help promote other um, important aspects of academia, other great um, organizations and so forth. But also I've been reflecting a lot as someone now that we're away from the PhD. So now we have like, as insecure as we may feel and precarious we may feel in this part of our careers, like we still have that PhD behind our names. Mm-hmm. And what do we do with that relative amount of privilege? And coming up to MLA, which the Modern Language Association, which for non-humanities people is the the major field conference for all forms for literature and most language modern languages, it's often seen as being an alienating space because hmm. Why? it's all about because it's like such a big conference that there's all the big names there. It's very alienating because like they all have their friends. Mm. And, and it's hard to really, penetrate that circle. Yeah. It's hard to penetrate, but also made me think about how we ourselves are in that process that probably those big name people who don't give the time of day to like junior people legitimately don't think about it because they probably think that they've like are so aware of the fact that they built their own circle when they were junior and like, and so they don't realize how their circle of support has become a clique or a coterie as their careers have advanced. Mm. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's something that we see. I feel like I see in the academic social media sphere generally that there tends to be a, a, an implicit hierarchy, often according to rank, about who associates with whom. Like everyone has to like like the status of the big academic. Oh wow! Especially like I feel like that's something that I've definitely yeah. noticed, but are we paying attention to junior people? Are we paying attention to graduate students? And this has also been highlighted for me because um, an organization that I encourage people to follow on Twitter, uh, Precaricorp, which is about promoting adjunct life, did this great tweet about how full-time tenured faculty should really make a point of buying a drink or lunch or, you know, a, a coffee for adjuncts or graduate students at any conference generally. Mm-hmm. And so then I was just sort of thinking to myself, like, and I'm, I'm trying to promote as much as possible. Like this is like such a small gesture of, of generosity. What does it look like to implement that into my own practice that as I go ahead, as 
busy as I get, how do I make sure that I'm still accountable to people who are still co- coming up? Right. How do I make sure that like I'm trying to connect back with not just people who are who are near the end of their PhD, but like to people I knew in the first year PhD program? How do I make sure mm-hmm. that at, P- at PhD conferences, I just don't zone immediately into my friends when there's going to be someone whose first time it's at, a co- at an academic conference or a field conference? How do I make sure that I'm welcoming them? Right. You know? That mentorship piece is so important, Zine. And I'm really glad that you're posting these things. Guys, if you want to learn, get something into the mind of Dr. Zine Yao, you got to oh. follow the Facebook post and the Twitter. She's really great on that. I was just reflecting on how this might be different in STEM Mm -hmm. and it brought up two things for me. One is that I think networking is a huge part of science and in there, there's a space where, where you would think that networking is easier because Mm -hmm. they have these socials. And so the idea of getting like a drink and interacting with a person may not be as hard of a barrier, right? No one has to buy you a drink if there's an open bar. But I also think that's also a place of extreme privilege. That is not always the case that they're the people who are in those circles are still different. And then there are also tons of grad students who may not know how to network or that Mm -hmm. they know that they should be networking. And I think, that's what I've been seeing more often. And that's kind of in my blind spot because I've always been, who's the person I want to talk to? And I will walk over and go talk to them. Um, Damn. No, I, I, I will. I, it's scary. Mm-hmm. I'll think of a few questions. I actually was just at this other conference. This, um, there's something I had to do at a conference. And it ended up working out pretty well. Because I realize that I don't have to have something substantial to say. I'm introducing myself. It's supposed to last 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's not the point. The point is that they know my name and, like, get a sense of, like, who I am or who my faculty is or something. And then if you have something to say, great. But not waste my time trying to impress them when they're Mm -hmm. 30 years senior than me. And they're at the top of their game. And I'm obviously a peon. peon. Mm -hmm. But but the – But what I'm starting to realize, especially when I talk to younger students or even students in my same year, to be honest, they don't, a lot of students don't have those networking skills or they don't know, they don't feel entitled enough to actually walk up and do those things. And it's a huge disservice to particularly women and people of color who are left out of those spaces because they don't know how to do that or that they should be doing that. Because there's there's no net there's no mentoring there's no networking for that to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And especially since if you are experiencing imposter syndrome, and this has been a reoccurring topic that Liz and I have critiqued and mm-hmm. discussed, like demographically speaking, people who are sexual minorities, women, people of color are more likely to experience that, and that might be an additional barrier to the networking, which is supposed to come so naturally, but really has like invisible barriers mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. What other resolutions do you have for yourself, Liz? <laughs> and one thing I really liked, uh, I have to do a shout out that um, there's this woman of color academic. I haven't met her, but she's put together a great blog. And I've shared this on our Facebook page where she's put together 15 resolutions for 
women of color that go beyond losing weight or um, saving money. And the way that I put it is like, you know, make your resolutions be positive, not punitive. Mm. I definitely uh, recommend our listeners to check those out. I like that. I like that. I, around this time last year, I made a list of things I wanted in 2016. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think about a month ago, I revisited them. And I have repeatedly throughout the year. But I just laughed at myself because it's like, well, that was unrealistic. <laughs> really? No. I think you've accomplished some awesome things. Um, that will come out soon. Oh, no, I was very happy that there were certain things I could just check off. Uh-huh. Um, so I may applying things, applying to things, something I could check off. Mm. But I wanted to be able to do my pull-up. and Same. So what I ended up doing basically was having a list of things that I did. But rather than, like, saying, oh, I completely failed them, I just – some of them I did because they were kind of, like, binary, and that was great. But other ones – I try not to make them so binary so I wouldn't feel like a failure. So mm-hmm. no, I didn't, I can't do a push up. However, I can lift 50 pounds more of my body weight than I could when I first started. Like, Ooh. so I improved mm-hmm. and I only have like, Oh, like 50 more pounds to go or something, something I don't remember, but I could see that I made progress. And actually once I made the list and, and I realized that, yeah, I made progress or I learned something from those things or the goal I had in January changed and that's no longer the goal that I had in June and realized that was okay. It was a lot better. Mm-hmm. So my goals for this year are I'm trying to make them things where I add on. So so this year it's like, okay, well, maybe instead of saying I'm going to do one push-up, it's going to pull up rather it's going to be – I don't know. Actually, I still want to see if I can do my pull by the end of the year because I also don't think I tried that hard last year. I feel like, I mean, it's been a resolution for me for a while as well, and I haven't gotten to it, but every year I get closer. Yeah. And I feel like that feels very empowering. And it counts, doesn't it? Yeah, like my overhead presses have been improving, and I feel like that was like one of the hardest things for me to even like – um, do an overhead press with an empty bar was already an accomplishment mm. for me. And now I can actually put weights on it. We're going to get there. It's exciting. I joined a new gym. Um, I think I've lost 15, some odd pounds. So I'm excited about that. And just for me, it's important to lose weight for health reasons. So I need to do mm-hmm. that. Um, for me, I'm trying. So, yeah. on my health related related resolutions, I wanted to say that I'm going to continue to try to avoid the scale because mm. because for me, there's something very dissonant about the judgment that comes with the number, regardless of the fact that okay, you know, the fact that I can squat and deadlift more than my body weight means that I have gained muscle. That mm-hmm. means I've gained weight. But then when I look at the number on the scale then I'll just like, it's just so easy to think that every pound of that is a negative Mm. as opposed to seeing it as like this positive for me. So I'm not going to look at that. Another thing that I am going to promise myself for this year. And in case some of my friends are hearing this, Kieran and Christy, (laughs) I will not exercise when I'm sick. Oh, this is for Liz too. I will not (laughs) exercise when I'm sick. (laughs) Yes. This is a problem that I have that because I became really obsessive in the last few years, like as a way I think of trying to 
find an outlet for like dissertation and PhD completion stress that like mm-hmm. I would exercise six to seven days a week. And then, but if I do every day, I also burn out and then I get, I feel even worse. And then also because I feel such a demand to go so many times, I tend to exercise while I'm feeling sick and then I get even more sick. <laughs> yeah. So this here is going to be about that I will exercise in a way that's good for me. I will not exercise every day because I will burn out and I will get really tired and I will not exercise when I'm sick. Yay. I'm proud of you for understanding that exercising takes away energy that your body could be using to make you feel better. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you will get better faster by not doing that. I guess because the, the problem with like exercise is also like held up as such a like almost inherent value right now in a society. Mm. Like you know, it's like it's supposed to, not, supposed to be good for you, Stupid but also like it. has these, yeah, like has like <laughs> these moral, social, cultural connotations to it. And so that's why I feel like oh, if only I could like balance out parts of my life I don't feel as good about by like doing the exercises if that mm. will as opposed to that all coming from the same reservoir of energy or yeah. what have you. And I think it's good for us to have to be sharing these experiences because what is becoming clear to me, it maybe it's always been clear, but we need to state it again. Everybody has a different health goal, like a different baseline. Their bodies mm-hmm. are different. And so saying a number doesn't mean as much, right? Because they, it can mean different things and there can be ways in which we pressure people unknowingly when we say. So when I say like I lost 15 pounds, that may make someone else feel like mm-hmm. they they lost three or like they gained 15, they should feel bad. And like that's not at all, <laughs> you know, what the message should be or what I'm trying to say. Some people have a hard time gaining weight. Some people have a hard time losing weight. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's about where your body is and what you need. I, I end now, I don't envy. I'm happy that you have the drive to go to the gym. I have never really had a drive to go to the gym, and that's been my hardest thing. Mm-hmm. Now knowing that I need to exercise, as like as a physical, a life imperative, I need to exercise. But I just don't feel as much joy or like whatever those endorphins are. Mm-hmm. They don't propel me to the gym, and so. So I'm one of those people who like just goes because I have to, but not necessarily because I enjoy it. So trying to find that joy has been a little hard. And I'm not very consistent. So I'll be really good for like a week or so, not a week, but like a month maybe. And then, you know, it'll go down to like, oh, I'm going like once a week or twice a week. Which isn't, for me, I'm like, okay, this isn't bad. This is still better than what you were doing before. But in terms of like trying to set a habit and to do like better things for my body that's I need to like figure out how to make my brain actually respond positively. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you have on the other scale where like someone like me takes how that can become a positive habit into something that becomes obsessive and negative. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we're friends. We balance each other Don't out. Don't you always wish like you could just average out with people? <laughs> Yeah, it would be really God, interesting we don't, the two of us, too. It'd be a great world if we could average out. <laughs> I was oh, going to say that one thing I thought was really positive this past year for me that I want to continue thinking about this coming year is more on the theme of, like, lifting other people up. But I'm so happy that um, 
one of our previous guests on PhD of his podcast, Anna Waymack, that we mm. interviewed about um, sexual assault in academia, especially around graduate students. She's doing fantastic work. Absolutely. Well, um, she won the Cook Award at Cornell for women's issues. Yes. And I realized that part of it is that Liz won it also in the past. And Liz really encouraged, like, um, sent around emails to so many people being like, we need to have, you need to have good nominations in the pool. Yeah. And I do. was really happy to nominate Anna. And I'm really glad that she won it. And it really sort of validates to me that even though I might not think of myself as someone who has power or Influence. anything like that, I was able to do something for friends. Yes, it is so important to nominate people and to encourage people to do things, to to see something in them when they don't see, and also to be the room and the voice when they need that voice. So, yeah, that's, again, I also am a Cook Award recipient, and that experience changed me and really made me think about these things in a different way. And I'm super proud of Anna Waymack for getting this award. Like incredibly mm -hmm. proud. She's awesome. Um, I'm also been happy this past year that I was able to write for a couple other awesome women, women of color. Um, I don't know if I should talk about it on the podcast, but still, like, it made me think about how, again, like for awards like that, it doesn't matter who the. I don't really feel it matters as much who it's by as much the quality of it, and mm. it also like I feel like it changed sort of my sense of the my power dynamic in the academy hmm. that I don't have to have tenure to to do something good for someone else that could help someone's career or something like that like yeah that I can there's something important about recognizing other people um yeah and that I can I can do things and I could help my friends yeah. you can and you do every day Aw. <laughs> that was cheesy. Don't you love when, like, you give someone a compliment and they're like, hmm, how do I respond to this? Mm. Oh, I want to share something else about resolutions, <laughs> if you don't mind. Zion, I love that you're in a sharing mood today. Yeah, I've – it's it's been interesting. It's been sort of this interesting energy. Like, yesterday, for some reason, I was sharing a lot on Facebook about my, my thoughts on a particular video game series. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's just uh, an overall mood. But I wanted to share with our listeners that uh, with the group of women of color I'm friends with at UBC in Vancouver, we've decided we have this group text where we like try to support each other and like say stupid, stupid things. But we are going to when I get back to Vancouver, we're all going to sit down and go through our resolutions together. <gasps> Ooh! So I feel like I'm really excited about doing this. I hope that um, everyone else in the group is as excited. Everyone else was seemed uh, was in for the idea, but I really like the idea of that. Not exactly accountability because I feel like that might be sort of harsh and again sounds sort of punitive, but like this sort of collaborative communal thought that yeah. it's not just going to be about like individual goals, also, but like like as a friend group, we're going to try and like you know make dinner one time a week, Ooh. or we're going to try and make sure that we set aside some time to do like personal creative work together. And like, what does it mean to build our little community of women of color in terms of, of sharing our goals with each other and maybe like sharing like big goals with some friends and then having them be like, oh, well, how can you make this manageable? Um, how can I help to inspire you? Like you see your friend's goals and you try to say like, oh, how can I encourage you in these things? I'm going to, can I steal your idea? Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm sharing this for <laughs> in the In fact, reason. let the whole, everyone who's listening Go home or go to your school, go to your phone and text people and make your own group, your New Year's resolution mm -hmm. group. group. I'm going to yeah. do that. 
yeah, personal academic goals, but also like community goals that possibly you could do together. I'm really excited about this, like the idea of like having different categories and not just like my professional academic work, but like, you know, the wellness stuff. Like we're also deciding like we're going to try and see if we can like the health benefits are pretty good at UBC for students. Like they actually like cover up to $200 for massage. What? I know. I know. Okay, I don't know if it's the same for me. This is definitely for students though. Like I guess their student union must have really done a good one. But because <laughs> of that, we're like, okay, as stressed out grad students, because we ha- we should look at our health benefits, make sure you actually know what health benefits you have. And right. if you can take advantage of things that will help your wellness and stress level, which will ultimately help you. And that also means your work, but doesn't have, you mm-hmm. know, we don't have to justify it in that way necessarily. And then speaking but of the health insurance, the group. people yeah. should check and make sure. So at Cornell, if you bought a gym membership, but if you went like 50 times, you could get yeah. reimbursed for your entire gym membership. Yes. And, and a, a good deal of people in my friend circle didn't even know that. And so guys, check your check. It could also be the case that you could have gym fees waived or something. Mm-hmm. Nice like, little benefit I feel like I've had to share that almost every year on our uh, English department grad listserv because these are it's so easy for those little benefits to like, I mean, like, first of all, what we have, you know, tends to be kind of small because we're junior people on academic <laughs> ladder. But like when we do have these things, we need to make sure that we take advantage of them and not keep to them to ourselves selfishly. We should let all our friends, let our community know. Yeah, I I completely agree. I'm I'm feeling so energized, Zine. This is good. You're sorry that you energized me? No, 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 no. It's more like I was thinking about the the structure of our podcast and, you know, maybe I should have started with this because then we'd be like, big bang. Anyway. So we can beef bang. I like this. Put some sound effects I'm glad that I managed to get to it now. You know what the beauty of editing is? You can put it. I guess so, but then how would the transitions work? Well, I'll let you do your magic. You're the production person. But I like this idea. So talking with your friends, catching up with your friends, and going over your news resolutions. And then if possible, getting together and doing that as a group. Mm -hmm. I think that's really powerful. Encourage each other, hold each other accountable, and just, like, be there for each other. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, I really like the idea of, like, having communal goals as, as a friend group as well. So, like, making sure that maybe your resolution will be with a, a friend. Like, you're going to get together for coffee every couple of weeks or something. Mm. Yeah. I like that. Actually, I, I just joined. Yeah. I was doing Planet Fitness, and now I joined a better gym that has, like, free weights, more free weights. Mm. And I'm doing it with two other people. Um, so it's going to be exciting. We'll see how this goes. Yeah, I think we're going to go do yoga today because <laughs> I'm super inflexible. I think I need to probably need a massage among other things, but good for you. I'm excited. Also, in terms of workout habits, people, I text Liz all the time when I'm at the gym. I'm sorry, Liz. <laughs> it's so most times I don't even know though. Like you'll say oh, something okay. like, "Wait, you're waiting for a squat squat rack?" What? <laughs> I had no idea. You're texting me with such rapidity that I'm like highly surprised you're in the gym. Okay. And then there aren't any typos. And I think I send you everything has typos and I'm not even doing anything. I know, but on my phone it's because there's autocorrect, which also leads to hilarious and terrible mistakes sometimes. <laughs> I I want I don't know, my hands are small, but I I think I'm pressing one letter and I'm never pressing that letter. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to the days of not having the screen. 
The buttons. The buttons. The keyboard. My texting was great when I had buttons. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. And also, like, the, the tactile aspect of it is mm-hmm. really lovely. Ooh, remember the phone like who, that was, like, it yeah. was, like, one stick, and it would, like, flip up? It was, like, the smallest phone possible. Oh, yeah, flip phone? No, no, no. It was a flip phone, but it was, like, one of those really small flip phones. It didn't last that long. Sure. Okay, oh, I'll send you a picture. I might not know. I, it took me a long time to get into the cell phone game, admittedly. Yeah. <laughs> but I think this comes to another good point, is that we often think of resolutions as being individual things, but what if resolutions were communal? Hmm. Like, wouldn't that be, like, a more radical thing to do? Let's have a moment of reflection for that. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and then what could we do how much more could we accomplish how much more confident would we feel about our goals if we did do them as a community Mm -hmm. yeah I like that I like this idea we have each other I was thinking of the song solidarity which song (laughs) always a song there's always a song oh my goodness and Liz has a lovely voice I I try (laughs) (laughs) one of our upcoming interviews will actually be with someone who I think described Liz's who um I think got in contact with us because she's a fan of the podcast if Mm -hmm. I'm if I'm correct and she described Liz's voice as like being like a comfy pillow like a blanket yeah it was surprised and then zine asked well if you're a pillow then what do i sound like and then you were like you like am i a comfy chair <laughs> or something <laughs> like am i furniture are you furniture? Am I upholstery like, i don't know i don't know i don't think so i don't think i have a comfortable sounding voice but it's okay i like your voice i'm more so thinking about the fact that you love red azula mm-hmm. spiky yes. things leopard loud things so i'm trying to figure out what would like encapsulate all of that in a a piece of furniture what in a piece of furniture in a piece of something okay (laughs) you're like valentine's day you're like no that's kind of pink that's red and pink you are i mean that sounds really cute that sounds poetic you're like valentine's day you're like Valentine's Day. Ooh, I think another good resolution. <laughs> compliment other people more. You compliment people more? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, a compliment goes a long way. I've always liked compliments because like, you take one sentence and you change a person's whole day. One sentence. Mm-hmm. It makes someone feel so much better. It cost me a few vibrations, you know, of the vocal cord. It cost me nothing. Yeah. It's the most free like thing a couple, I can give. Like, thumb motions. Or this. That's true. She's she's clicking like she's typing feverishly yeah, on like her I'm phone. like I'm texting. But compliments are good and need to be heard. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I guess, to, in academia, I feel like especially goes far because we're so trained in critique as opposed to compliments. Mm. And compliments sort of feed the human part of the academic self, you know? Mm-hmm. Give a bit of improvisation mm-hmm. to the work. You know what? 
I recently realized that I also do compliments sometimes to ease the tension in my conversations at work. So oh, if I feel what? like a conversation's going like, if I think that someone's looking at my data and going in a different direction than I want them to go, which is not to say that they're not looking at my data, but they're being more harsh than I think is necessary. I may take a step back and reflect on something positive they're doing in that moment or something positive they've done before so that they can relax. And so that when we look at the data again, there's less like animosity and then they actually start to see my data and not see something that they see whatever else it could be. (laughs) I don't know how to say (laughs) it. So Liz is like explain how to use compliments for lab politics. Um, Oh, so, so someone's, let's say that we're having a discussion, we're sitting down at a table and we're looking at some of the results I had and someone is kind of shooting down everything I say, like every idea I have, they're just kind of shooting it down. And I noticed that they're just shooting it down almost indiscriminately, not because it was a bad Mm -hmm. idea, but it feels like it's just because I said it. So in situations like that, I will sometimes like, like, oh, well, how about we think about this in one way? I know that you've done this very well before in the past. Or how about this experiment? I know that you've done it. You got some great results. Or like, um, how about I do this and then let's let so-and-so do this. They've always had good results. They always know like, well, I trust your expertise. You, you have a lot of things to say, like something like that. What I have found in most cases is that when I do that, they get caught off guard. They get taken aback a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then they'll, but also it flips the scripts. And so then they go, so then they're more likely to focus on the technique I'm mentioning and not the fact that I said it. <laughs> so I'm saying that, hey, I know you've done this really well before. And then you go like, yeah, when I did it, this happened or this happened or this happened. Um, or they're more likely to take my my advice or my role or whatever. Yeah. Savvy advice from Liz. I, I put a lot of thought into these things. And I, I guess I never really thought out loud that I was doing that. But I definitely try to – there's some tensions. Once I recognize them, I try to ease them and compliments help make people feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. especially if again I just want you to think about what I'm telling you and not the fact that I'm I don't know what your problem is with me but not today so <laughs> hey today, we're a team we have to work together or you know sometimes maybe I'm in a pissy mood and I'm the one that needs to calm down uh-huh. so by forcing myself to reflect because I think I'm I do get very proud of my work and I think being analyzed being criticized can be difficult. Mm-hmm. So if I allow myself to All reflect, like, hey, I actually value the people, their opinion in the room. I, these, these are people that I work with. I need to calm down. I need to redirect my energy. Or I'm going to do something, I'm going to yell, and then that's not going to be helpful at all. These, it feels like woman-splaining. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? I mean, I don't think it sounds like woman's planning. It sounds like trying to be emotionally, like it's about developing emotional intelligence, I think. (laughs) 
I'm emotionally intelligent. If only that would get me a job. If only. Okay. I, I was going to say, um, so I've talked a little bit about the fact that I'm going to be presenting at MLA later this week. Do you, and we've mentioned before that you're also going to be presenting early January yeah. um, at the Undergraduate Women in Physics uh, Conference, which is going to be at Harvard. Is that going to be next week or when is it for you? Um, January 11th through 15th is when the conference, oh, okay. conference for Undergraduate Women in Physics. Um, so there's actually two parts. The conference for undergraduate women in physics, it happens over MLK weekend. It's um, mm -hmm. Friday through Sunday. And that is going to happen at multiple sites across the country. I'm going beforehand because Harvard is having a precursor meeting for um, underrepresented minority undergraduate mm -hmm. women in physics. <laughs> so um, Latin, Lat, Latina and like black women. And um, I'm going to be a part of the workshops and the panels that are going on as a part of that promoting diversity and that I think is a special initiative by Harvard and it's going to be really interesting to see how they pull this off and mm -hmm. what they do because have you ever a, attended something like this before is that why you're this is the first time they've like? done it and it, the, cool. I forget what the acronym is I know it it's called spin up spin up which is also a pun <laughs> A particle physics pun. Oh. Uh, Particles can uh, also have spins. So they can be up or down. Yes. yes. And, um, um, yeah, but this is the first time Harvard is doing this. And I'm guessing, you know, how well they do it will reflect if, whether they do it in the future. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I'm just curious to see how well they are able to reach out to women of color and not exclude them. Mm -hmm. particularly as a lot of the organizers will be, will not be women of color. Oh. And that's not necessarily a, that's not to say that they can't do a good job, but there's a higher probability. It could be potential that they could have deaf ears. So we'll see. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Seeing Chanda post some things about this. Yes. Yes. So um, Dr. Chanda Prescott Weinstein um, made some very, very insightful comments about how the conference for undergraduate women in physics always happens over Martin Luther King weekend. So the majority of participants in these conferences are white women. Overwhelmingly, maybe over 90% actually are white women. And they host this conference over the one holiday that celebrates a person of color, Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> and it's always yeah. really interesting that you're kind of messing up their schedule and like, how are you going to acknowledge people of color? Yeah. And, and like then what extent be... do you go to acknowledge those people of color during, mm -hmm. these, during these meetings? Yeah. Cause like if, cause it seems like it would be such, it's a missed opportunity if they don't. Right. Cause like that'd be just such a perfect way to bring anti-feminist and, and sorry, anti-racist no, anti <laughs> anti and feminist work together and for intersectional concerns in physics God, wow, that was totally got mangled. <laughs> I was following you. I was following you. But again, we'll see. And maybe this will bring me to my other resolution. And it would be learning how to use my voice. I have a voice, but for a very long time, I've been very 
keeping my innermost thoughts to myself have has been my way of managing my social situations in graduate school and mm-hmm. I guess in life in general. So and I'm very hesitant as I approach this public sphere, which I you know, obviously in a few days it's going to be very public. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just learning feeling more comfortable doing that will be a a, res- a goal for me or learning how to stand up and say something when it's important. Mm-hmm. And I think that that might come as a surprise to our listeners because the podcast in of itself might give the impression that <laughs> these things are easy for us, no. but they're not. And even the po- doing the podcast itself was already a way of us putting ourselves out there, but we're still really trying to learn how to develop our voice and we're trying not to take it like for granted, like we're not trying to be up, we're seeing it as a dynamic process. Like there's always ways that we can improve in different moments. So we look forward to you guys sharing in that with us. Zine, before we go, I want to show you this. Look, look. Wegmans? Wegmans. Peanut butter. Almond butter? Oh, it's almond butter. That's not the important part. I went to Wegmans. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure quite what it was at first. Like, or because I thought, like, is it because it's Wegmans or is it because, it's because it's Wegmans. the substance is I miss it? Wegmans so much. So when I went to Baltimore, and I do mm-hmm. this every single time I go. So the, the farthest south, Wegmans, is somewhere in Maryland, I think. Mm-hmm. And so every time I'm up there, every single time I go to Wegmans and I get stuff. Or sometimes I just walk around because I don't need groceries at the moment. But it feels so good. Maybe you should explain what Wegmans is. Wegmans is the best grocery store in the world. Well, okay. In the United States. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was going to say, it's a regional. It's, I think, it's in upstate New York. But what's also pretty cool is that they have really great labor practices, Mm -hmm. as well as having, like, really great, um, like, they just have really good selection of things. Their store brand stuff is really good. I think that they, like, ended up, topping some list of like best employers mm-hmm. and stuff in the state which is just icing on the cake and they're I don't mm-hmm. know I always get a happy vibe shopping there and anybody who has left graduate school and moved somewhere else realizes pretty soon that there are a few things that they really miss and yeah that you never thought you'd miss what that sometimes you never thought you'd that you miss never thought, you thought you'd the grad miss. school was just going to be temporary. And almost every Cornellian that I know, one of the things, if there's like five things on the list, at least one of them is they miss Wegmans. Mm-hmm. I will have this conversation with people. And in fact, when I first moved to North Carolina, I had a Wegmans um, shopping bag. And someone ran up to me in Target, like, where's Wegmans? Where's Wegmans? <laughs> and, I'm like, oh. and I'm like, oh, no. no and so, but we became like instant friends. You know, they were from Syracuse, New York. And I'm like, no, I just have the bag. And <laughs> <laughs> the hope in their face when I he saw the Wegmans bag. So oh. it has been like a great talking point. And I miss Wegmans. I miss New York State apples. I miss apple mm. season. But um, other than that, maybe I miss looking by a waterfall. I'm not quite sure. I have a lot of pictures, and I'm grateful for that experience. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm done with the gorges. Is there something it's, that you miss from Ithaca? I miss people, mostly at mm. the moment. 
though. Sorry, I, I do miss people, by the way. I just don't count them because I feel like I can <laughs> see them again. I should point that out. I, I absolutely do miss people. Yeah. I just know I don't have to go back to Ithaca to get those people. Mm-hmm. But I miss being in this so close that we could all go get dinner or watch a movie. That mm-hmm. is something and, I miss. And that's why our resolutions this year should be include keeping up connections with friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of my, well, I have one friend circle, um, it's called P.O.B. <laughs> Which, C.O.B.? Yeah, the P.O.B. crew. Peace out, bitches. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so once the last person in our, co- in our friend circle passed her A exam, um, we had a party and it kind of, we just started fantasizing about what it would be like to graduate. And at the time, you know, I'll, okay, I'll be honest. Most of my PhD experience was like me dreaming of the day I could leave. And I understand that that might've been frustrating for some of my friends, but that was like my, like, Oh God, when I graduate, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm literally going to defend. And that very night I was going to pack my bags are already going to be packed. I was going to defend I was going to have a party and I was going to leave Ithaca before the sun went down. Like that was my fantasy. Mm-hmm. That was what I would tell people. Peace out. Yeah. Peace out, bitches. But it, but it became just a funny thing to say. Because um, obviously leaving is harder than that. So whenever you we were stressed out, we were like, can we have a POB party? <laughs> just like have this fun way of releasing stress and, um, Anyway, we have a Google Hangout. It's just like this chat that we always have open. And it's actually interesting because we, when we were in Ithaca, we never tried to communicate as regularly or as like consistently, as stably. Whereas now mm-hmm. that we all have this one box that we all are in, we can just type and then we know that everybody's going to get the same message. Mm-hmm. Just like my group text. Right. And it's really convenient and, you know... Sometimes I wake up and there's like 50 messages. I'm like, oh, I missed something really interesting. Oh, wait, no, I didn't. They were just talking about broccoli they bought. <laughs> you know? <laughs> or we're talking about like some the, of us went to warmer things that make friendships, you know? We're surprised because, I mean, me personally, I thought that being in upstate New York, I would hold on to that cold weather savvy I'd had. And now it's like 60 and I'm chilly. And it, like, right, that look is well-deserved. She's giving me extreme side-eye, and I'm it's so deserved. But so even my friend from Canada, um, she's in Houston now, and we're just talking about how horrible we feel that it's not actually even cold, and we're starting to sound like them, and it's only been a year. <sighs> yeah. Yes. Like, we're pulling out our jackets. <laughs> God. I know, I know. You're actually still in snow, so. But I feel like maybe this is a good place to end it. Like, again, Absolutely. also with this affirmation that, try, for our listeners, try out communal resolutions. Or, like, just sharing your resolutions with, you know, your support yeah. your support network. I feel like it could only be a good yeah. thing. And as you start to reflect on your year or what you want to do in the future, this is saying what Zion is saying. So, I'm piggybacking. But... Try to reflect with your friends as well. Like when you're including people in your friend circles, think about people you graduated with and don't be a stranger to the people you've left behind. Basically you want to grow with Mm -hmm. them because they're going to be your colleagues 
and no one, very few people will understand what you're going through so well as people you did your PhD with. Mm -hmm. And then realize that you can be a resource to the people who are starting the program. There's always some way that you can give back. And I feel like academics also like to complain about academia a lot, but like doing these things, like paying it forward, paying it back, whatever is about making this network that can help to change the community. Exactly. There are even times where I didn't realize that people even knew me or remembered me. (laughs) I'm thinking about my PhD, uh, my department, but just getting those emails every now and then from someone like, hey, can we talk? Like, I remember you were a fifth year when I was there and like I just started and like you were really inspirational for me and just trying to help them get through things because you can see things in a complete different light now that you're finished or not. Zion and I are finished, but you guys, some of you, some of our listeners may still be in the struggle. So it gets better. Mm-hmm. It becomes a different struggle. Also. But anyway, on that note, thanks for surviving with us into 2017. Um, we're looking forward to how this year will go. Yeah. Dr. Zion out. Zion out. I like it. Oh, that's awesome. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and SoundCloud under the hashtag or the handle PhD. And we'll see you next week. And another quick thing, I feel like my theme song mm-hmm. for this year could be DMX's X Gonna Give It what? To Us. Oh my god. Oh, I gotta find that music clip now. Anyway. Oh, I'm jealous. I don't have a song. Okay, well, you can think about it. No, no, you might be We're done. We're done. We're going out in style. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Bye.